Last week, we talked about a little thing with a big impact. Do you remember the little thing? The little ant? Go to the ant sluggard and consider her ways and live. Uh, it's amazing how little things often have a big impact. And today, we're going to talk about a little something that has a really big impact. And that's the tongue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, this is one of those times where your sermon, where your uh, pastor is not immune to the sermon. Uh, so, so we're we're going to be talking about talking the talk this morning. The tongue is one of the most useful tools that we have for ministry. It gives us so many opportunities to do such great things, but it also gives us so many opportunities to mess things up and do such terrible things too. In fact. Talking about the wild nature of our auditory appliance, James says this in James 3, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, of sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. If we are to be the models of Christ that God has called us to be, we have to have wisdom to tame tongue. Amen? This morning we'll search through the Proverbs and find everyday wisdom for talking the talk. I was amazed. I found, and again, this may not be an exhaustive list, I may have missed some verses, but I found at least 94 Proverbs that deal specifically with what we say or what we don't say as we search the Scriptures for God's wisdom. Let's ask God to help us. Pray with me. Father, we often find our tongues are both helpful and harmful. They can be good, they can be bad. Father, I pray that you give us wisdom to handle them well. Through your words, teach us how to use our words. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Words are very powerful things. But you know, sometimes... Sometimes we don't need to underestimate the value of silence. Before we talk about talking the talk, I want to talk to you about not talking the talk. It's a lot of talking. (laughs) This is where it hits me. This is where it hits me because oftentimes I underestimate the value of silence. When somebody says something, I want to jump in there with the solution. When somebody says something, I want to jump in there with a response. Sometimes I will have my response ready before they're even done talking. Anybody else do that? Oh, come on, the rest of you. All of us do at some point, don't we? We often, go back a slide, Daryl. We often underestimate the value of silence because we think, well, silence is bad. Silence, I mean, we got to fill the space. If you listen to a podcast or a radio show, one of the biggest rules they will tell you is don't let it go dead air. You got to fill that with something. It doesn't matter if you play the music too long. It doesn't matter if you start something and then stop it to put something else on. That doesn't matter. But you got to fill the space. Don't let it be empty. And we live our lives thinking that we have to fill all the space and make sure there's always some kind of noise going on. There's always got to be a TV in the background. There's always got to be something on. There's always got to be a radio in the car. There's always got to be something. Don't underestimate, though, the value of silence. Because silence, well, here, here's something we can all understand. We all understand football, right? Okay. All right. At least, at least 
on a basic level, there's two sides to a football team. There's an offense and there's a defense. Silence is your defense. How often do we jump the gun and say something that we shouldn't say and boy, we pay for it? Silence is like good defense in this game in which we have this war of words going on. Silence is our defense. It protects us. Well, it protects us from death. Look at Proverbs 13.3. Proverbs 13.3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Do, Do you see what's happening here? The one who guards his mouth He's not just guarding his mouth, he's guarding himself. The one who watches carefully what he says protects himself from death. Silence protects from death. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. You may as well not block and just let him run straight through. That's what you're asking for when you open wide your lips. Silence protects us from death. It also protects us from danger. I love Proverbs 18 Six, a fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. How many times, men, have we said something and boy, did we regret it immediately thereafter because we knew we shouldn't have said it and we said it anyway. A fool's lips walk into a fight. I love that picture. I can just picture someone walking into a bar and saying something and then getting pummeled. I can picture a husband giving unsolicited advice. I I can picture it because I've done it. And and finding out very quickly that that was not very smart. How many of you you have ever uh, offered your wife tips on how to cook her food better? For some reason, I believe that you have, (laughs) Daryl. A fool's lips walk into a fight, don't they? (laughs) It doesn't take much and it doesn't take long. But when a fool is talking, bad stuff's going to ensue. Silence protects us from danger. It helps us keep ourselves out of trouble's way. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. You want to get out of trouble? You want to stay out of trouble? Close your mouth. It's, yeah, it's that easy, right? (laughs) It's not really that easy. But it is that easy, isn't it? Oftentimes we talk ourselves straight into a mess. We got to learn to be quiet. Don't underestimate the value of silence. It can protect you from death and from danger. It also protects you from derision. Derision, you know, when people look down on you uh, uh, because of something you say. Even if what you have to say is the right thing, Sometimes it's better to be quiet just to avoid the hassle of it. Proverbs 23, 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool. This doesn't mean you can't say anything around a foolish person. This is like when you're talking to your kids and they're not listening and you keep talking and they're still not listening. Don't even bother with it for he will despise the good sense of your words. If he ain't listening, just just stop talking. That One of the most powerful things you can do one of, the, one of the best ways that you can handle the truth sometimes is to not say anything. You know, Jesus said, you don't cast your pearls before swine. You know what he meant? Some things are too precious to waste. 
And there's some times where someone's just being foolish enough that you just need to quit trying because all you're doing is getting yourself worked up for nothing. Silence will protect you from that derision. Now, there's times to speak. We'll get to those in a minute. But sometimes it's just not worth it. It also protects you from discord. Proverbs 30. If you have been foolish, if, <laughs> like, like you might not have been at some point, right? We've all been foolish. If you've been foolish, exalting yourself, or if you've been devising evil, put your hand on your mouth. Then he gives the illustration. For pressing milk produces curds. Pressing the nose produces blood. Pressing anger produces strife. It's a sure thing. What this refers to, uh, if, if you, if one of the ways to separate milk from curds, uh, you kind of skim the curds off the top, but you get extra milk with it. And so what you can do is you can put it in a press, press it through some cheesecloth. The milk will fall through. The curds will stay in. And there you go. You've got your separation that you need. I juice lemons all the time. Um, I, my skin does not like me juicing lemons. I have spots and things on my arms from where I juice lemons and the, the stuff reacts to my skin. It's no fun. But one of the things that I've learned is that even when you sift the pulp out, you still got to get the rest of the juice out. And it takes a lot of effort to get all that juice out. This is what he's saying. He's saying you, you have to press the milk to get the curds. You press the nose. That's a nice way of saying knock someone straight in the honker, right? And you just, yeah, you press that nose, you get blood. You press that anger. You hit that sore spot. And you're going to get strife every time. So if you've been exalting yourself, if you've been devising evil, if you've been foolish, silence is a great defense, protecting us from death, protecting us from danger, protecting us from derision, protecting us from discord. Never underestimate the value of silence. But also never underestimate the impact of speech. If you got a good defense, that's great. But you got to have a good offense too. There are times when we should, well, shut our yappers, but there's times when we should speak. And never underestimate the impact of your speech. Because your speech, well, well, think, think about, here, let me give you a couple of examples of how speech can change things. Give me liberty or give me death. I don't even have to give you the whole speech. That's just the end of the speech. Made a difference. Four score and seven years ago. That's only, I think that speech was only 220 words, I think. Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Have you ever heard the whole thing? Have you ever read through? Man, it's a powerful, isn't it? It's a powerful speech, 220 words. Maybe I should take notes. <laughs> I have a dream. One of the great things about the modern era is that um, audio exists of some modern speeches, and this is one of those that you can listen to. In fact, there's a podcast of great speeches. I haven't made it yet, but, you know, one day. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Y'all can laugh. That's okay. I'm... That, that's meant that's meant to be a joke, okay. Um, but the, I, the King's I Have a Dream speech is one of the ones you can listen to. Another one that's on that podcast, We Choose to Go to the Moon. Big speeches often make this huge impact. They change generations. But it even doesn't take a big speech 
Even the small things we say matter. Our words can have quite an impact. Words can bless or they can curse. Listen to Proverbs 24. Look in verses 24 and 25. Whoever says to the wicked, you are in the right, will be cursed by peoples, abhorred by nations. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight and a good blessing will come upon them. We have words with the capability of blessing or cursing the one who's speaking them. Words that I say can become the vehicle by which I receive blessing or the avenue of my own demise. But not only me, the one I'm speaking to too. Look at verse 26. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. It's like when you tell someone the truth, it's like giving them a kiss. It's good for them. It's beneficial for them. When I'm using my words in the right way, the way that God intends me to speak, I am blessing not only me, but I'm blessing other people around me. That doesn't just mean telling people what they want to hear. That's not it at all. I can speak truth. Hard to hear truth and still bless the person I'm talking to. Don't underestimate that power. Don't underestimate that difference that you can make just by speaking truth. Words can bless or they can curse. They can benefit or they can deceive. I wrestled with this word benefit because I wanted to do persuade or instruct or, but, but, but look at Proverbs 14, 25. A truthful witness saves lives. Someone who tells the truth often makes a huge positive impact. Someone who's not willing to hold back, not willing to just say something that someone else wants to hear, not willing to bypass the truth in order to curry favor. How many people do you know that won't look you in the eye and tell you the truth? How precious is it to find one who will? A truthful witness saves lives. But the one who breathes out lies is deceitful. The words we say can mean the difference in the outcome of an important decision. Uh, Just by show of hands, how many of you want your doctor to call you and say the test results are good when they're not? (laughs) Melba, you do? (laughs) We really don't want that, do we? Sometimes the truth hurts, but it always benefits. Words can heal or harm. You know, some of the things you say can make a big difference in the person around you. Not only the content of our words matter, but the tone matters. This is another one that I really have a hard time with. I'm bullying a china shop style. I mean, I just run you over with the truth. I have to be careful with how I say things. Proverbs 12, 18, there's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. You ever, you ever talk to someone who seems to be stabbing you with everything they say? Mm. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. You see, there's sometimes uh, our truth is abrasive because we're using Brillo pads to deliver the message. You know, sometimes a soft sponge will work just fine. In fact, you use Brillo pads on the wrong things, you ruin those things. Let's be wise enough to know when to get the Brillo pad out, when to use the soft sponge. As Paul told the Ephesians, We must speak the truth in love. Words can heal or harm. Finally, words can bring life or death. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. You see, words reveal the character of the speaker. 
Remember what Jesus said in Luke 6.45? The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What Jesus is saying is that what is coming out of your mouth comes from your heart. So what are you saying? Are you bringing life through your words? Are you breathing out lies? Concealing violence? Spewing falsehood? Because what comes out of here originates from in here. We've got to be careful what we say. Because no matter what we say, the eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but He overthrows the words of the traitor. That keeping watch over, that's not just eyeing it from above just to see what will happen. It gives the inclination of someone who is on the edge of their seat, that up on their tiptoes, ready to jump into action. God's watching over His Word, He tells Jeremiah, to perform it, to make sure it happens. He's, he's watching it carefully so that when it gets to that right moment, He can jump in and act. And He does the same thing with our words. He's watching over them. He is, he's on His tiptoes, ready to jump in at that right moment. Don't underestimate the impact of your speech. Don't underestimate what your words will do. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. We have to be very careful what we say. Not only because of the impact it can have on us, not only because of the impact it can have on them, but because of the impact that God waiting to see what our words are. Watching them ready to respond. Because He will overthrow the words of the traitor and He will keep watch over knowledge. The things we say matter to God, to others, to us. Never underestimate the value of your silence. Never underestimate the impact of your speech. and Never underestimate the wisdom in both. Both are wise. Here comes the problem. You really want to know the problem in all this? The problem isn't having wise things to say. It's not having the wisdom to be quiet. It's knowing which one to put in this situation. When should I speak up and when should I shut up? There was a whole country song. You got to know when to hold them. Yeah. You got to know when. How do we know when? Well, look at, look at, this is what's going on in Proverbs 26. These two verses sometimes are pointed to as contradiction to show that the scriptures contradict themselves. I mean, verse, one verse right after the other. Look at this. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So what should we do? Should we answer the fool or not answer the fool? I thought, okay, there's got to be something going on here. So I pulled out the Hebrew. I said, all right, we're going to figure out what this is. I thought, what about the word answer? Maybe it's a different kind of answer for both. Nope. There is a difference, but it's stylistic. It doesn't change the meaning. It's just a style kind of thing. When you, when you, uh, give a uh, command in the negative, sometimes you use a little bit different form of the word. That's all that happens. Okay. So it's not a different answer. Well, maybe, maybe the fool's different. Maybe one of them is an ignorant fool, just someone who doesn't know any better. And then one is just like a terrible person that, that knows better and they're doing it anyway. Nope. Same fool. Same word for fool. Same form, everything. Maybe it's the folly. Maybe the folly is different. Maybe this folly over here is just general mistake. 
And this folly over here is really bad iniquity, sort of like wickedness. Nope, same folly. So what's the difference? You know, there's sometimes, sometimes it's just wiser to say something, and sometimes it's wiser not to. And the trick is knowing which one you're in. That's what's so amazing about Christ. He was able to walk this line. He knew when to speak up and when to shut up. He knew when to blurt it out, and he knew when to bottle it up. There's a time that he spoke. Matthew 4.17 summarizes his preaching from that time. This is right after he has come out of the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then being restored by the angel, being ministered to. He comes out of the wilderness, and Matthew says, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Most of the rest of the gospel of Matthew is that being lived out. Him preaching repentance, him preaching that the kingdom is coming. Chapters 5 through 7 are the kingdom lived out in daily life through the Sermon on the Mount. You would walk in from 13 on to parables of him showing what the kingdom of heaven is like. Showing what it looks like to be citizens of the kingdom here on earth. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message that Jesus is preaching. And through years of ministry, three years of ministry on earth, Jesus preaches that message, preaches that message, preaches that message. Even the rest of the chapter shows that message. The next few verses show repentance. The following passages show the closeness of the kingdom of heaven. There was a time when Jesus spoke. And he spoke with humility and authority, with truth and love, with disdain for sin and passion for righteousness. He called rich rich and poor, free and slave, powerful and oppressed to repent, speaking to them with words that forced them to come face to face with who he was. Jesus spoke words with impact, but he also, at a time when he was silent, Isaiah prophesied that time he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that's led to the slaughter and like a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. You see, there was a time for him to speak and he spoke. Man, did he speak. There was also a time for him to stop speaking and the silence is deafening. Through his words... He blessed, he benefited, he healed, he enlivened his audiences. And when the time for speaking was done, he shut his mouth and silently suffered on the cross. He knew when to speak. He knew when to be silent. May he give us the wisdom to do both. Father, we come to you this morning realizing that your invitation is to learn from you. At one point you tell the disciples, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Then you go on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Lord, we recognize that you are the one who speaks truth in love, who preaches a kingdom like none other that we've heard, with authority like none other that we've heard before. But God, you also, in due time, are silent Silent to endure the suffering for which you came. Silent to be the man, the God, who will save all of us from our sins. So Father, may we follow in your footsteps. May you give us the wisdom to be silent and to speak. David prayed it this way. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Father, that's our prayer this morning. 
May both our silence and our speech bring you glory. This is your time, Lord. Do with it as you will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you this morning, slightly different kind of uh, invitation, a, a very specific invitation. I want to invite you to seek God's will for wisdom. All of us are in situations where it's hard to know what to say if we should say anything at all. Some of us are in situations where it seems like it's just too hard to speak the words that we know we ought to. Some of us are in situations when we know we shouldn't say, but yet we want to, and we really want to, and we know we shouldn't. This morning, I'm going to invite you to let God have control of your tongue, to let God tame the beast to let Him lead you into what you say and what you don't say, to guide you in your particular circumstances, to give you wisdom for what you need to do. If you're facing that kind of situation where you don't know what to say or you don't know how to say it or you don't even know if you should say it, if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar and pray. Just ask God for the wisdom to know what to do in your circumstance. There's no one size fits all, but I'll tell you this, He'll help you. The Holy Spirit, one of the things that He's incredible about is tailor-making the solution for that particular problem. He's not bound by only have three or four choices and none of them really fit. He's not bound by that. He's a God of solutions. He's a God of wisdom. And He'll give you wisdom to help you in your situation. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's someone you know. Pray for them. Pray for God to give them wisdom to speak or not and to do His will. Whatever the situation is for you, the altar's open. If you do want to come and talk to someone about knowing this Jesus who uses His Word so powerfully and yet knows when to stop talking and silently endure, I'd love to introduce you to Him. I'll be up here at the front. You come talk to me. Maybe you've decided that you've been here long enough. It's time to join. Today's a good day to do that. I'll be glad to share that with you as well. You come while we sing this invitation song. You do what God wants you to do. And if you're in that situation where you need wisdom, you come pray for Him to guide you.